3: Total Information AM continues at 9.35 with Megan Lynch. I'm Tom Ackerman. President Joe Biden on Wednesday hosted congressional lawmakers at the White House as his administration pushes to send billions more in military funding to both Ukraine and Israel. The Senate looks poised to act on a bipartisan agreement, but the Republican House Speaker isn't so sure. And joining us with details on the deal that would have to come before a looming budget shutdown is CBS Congressional Correspondent Scott McFarland. Scott, always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us. Mike Johnson says Republicans are looking for transformative change to border security to allocate funding. What does that mean?
0: Well, everybody emerged from this White House summit yesterday expressing optimism. But if you listen closely, you can just hear the pessimism dripping in the background. Um, Senators have been trying to come up with a deal to change immigration law. It's the first time in a generation that they've been so close to getting new immigration law passed in America. And the White House is encouraging the effort. But it's not clear, no matter what comes of these negotiations, no matter how favorable it is to one party or the other, that the U.S. House will even touch it. President Trump, former President Trump last night in a social media post, encouraged his fellow Republicans to spike any compromise, um, potentially to keep this as a vibrant political issue through the election year. What's more, border security isn't just a primary issue for House Republicans. It's the primary issue. They'd like to campaign on it. What's more, they're of the opinion they can get a better deal if there's a President Trump in 2025.
2: One thing that we're hearing this morning, Scott, is that part of the discussion and one of the major sticking points is this uh, rule or authority known as humanitarian parole um, that the White House wants to hold on to. Could you explain that for us a little bit more?
0: Oh, that's the wedgiest of wedge issues in these negotiations. Absolutely. There is some discretion, some latitude given to the White House to deal with the tonnage of migrants trying to cross the border. They call it parole. It gives the administration some flexibility To decide how and when to respond um congress would like to limit that ability um congress and would probably make this a key part of their negotiations how do we cap this parole authority given to the white house especially during a time of border crisis this seems to be the issue that's sticking up right now one of the reasons why there hasn't been a compromise and a negotiation conclusion earlier it's what to do about parole and i think if you see this thing progress we get, if you see this get to the point where the Senate passes it and the House deliberates on it, you're going to see any number of people concerned about what to do about parole.
3: What about, I mentioned Israel and Ukraine. Scott, what is impacted in terms of those countries if an agreement isn't reached this week?
0: Yeah. Oh, by the way, this whole border negotiation is part of the plan to get Ukraine. $60 billion in needed aid. There's also the request from the White House for tens of billions of dollars for Israel. Kind of stalled, hasn't it? I mean, you haven't heard much about it lately, even though the White House had said that they needed that money by the end of December. Well, we're well, well beyond the end of December. And there seems to be an acceptance that, yes, there's going to be a negotiation over border security as part of any package to support Ukraine. You couldn't pick a thornier, more difficult issue to attach to Ukraine aid than immigration. And I think part of the briefing yesterday, based on our reporting and based on our sources, was the White House trying to implore to congressional Republicans that there is a need for this money right now, that the flexibility the administration has to help Ukraine is wearing out, that the reserves are running dry. And here's the timetable of what happens next if Ukraine doesn't get support. And it's not a pretty timetable. It's not a pretty picture.
2: So are we looking at another temporary fix, or does it seem like we're just keep pushing this down the road?
0: Temporary fix may be hard to come by on the issue of Ukraine and Israel, that there doesn't seem to be a critical mass of House Republicans who want to see Ukraine funded, no matter what's included, immigration or otherwise. And with that implacable reality in place, you know, Short-term fixes won't work for Israel. Short-term fixes won't work for Ukraine. Here's the silver lining. A short-term fix is going to work, and it's going to happen today, likely. To keep the government open, (laughs) there's still a government shutdown deadline of 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Um, It looks like Congress will punt today those deadlines to march to keep the government functioning and also perhaps to keep communication lines open to get something done for Ukraine and Israel.
3: On a separate topic, Scott, Republicans, I understand, are bringing Dr. Anthony Fauci back for hearings this summer. What is that all about?
0: Our latest CBS News reporting is that hearing will happen in June after a two-day marathon closed-door interview of Dr. Fauci last week. Went 14 hours over two days. Republicans think there are questions he needs to answer publicly about COVID origins, about the government's response to COVID. Dr. Fauci has been a pretty vibrant wedge political issue for House Republicans and Senate Republicans as they campaign for re-election and they'd like to put him beneath the spotlight and use that opportunity to, in their minds, get answers, but also to have the concerns that so many Americans have about how COVID was handled resonate as voters begin going to the polls. Dr. Fauci didn't comment when we asked him how that behind-closed-doors interview went, but Democrats say it was unnecessary and these hearings are a political charade.
2: One other thing, we know you're watching a former Trump advisor set to be sentenced in a contempt of Congress case today. What's what's the case and and what is that individual facing?
0: That punted to one week from today. Peter Navarro is a former Trump advisor who snubbed the House January 6th Select Committee in their probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He was convicted by a jury here in Washington of contempt of Congress and is to be sentenced to potential prison time. There was another Trump advisor who had the same fate, Steve Bannon, he was convicted and sentenced, but he's appealing and hasn't yet reported to prison to serve his two months' time. We'll find out how much time Peter Navarro gets one week from today, but it's anybody's guess whether he serves it or appeals and strings out the clock, too.
3: Well, Scott, I know it's been snowy and cold across the country, but I got some good news for you. Baseball's just a few weeks away.
0: Mm -hmm. February. 22nd is when pitchers and catchers report
3: a uh, week earlier for us. We got February 14th is the first workout first game, February 24th on KMOX. I know you're going to be uh, paying attention.
0: Can we bring Adam Wayne right back for yet another season? Is that possible? Or we <laughs> wish put it off the table?
3: <laughs> I wish uh, it was, Although you know what? Actually, no, I don't because he can't pitch anymore. He said, I, I have nothing left. He's, uh, he's done. <laughs> he, can't, he can't do it anymore. He but He
0: gave us every ounce that he had, brother.
3: Literally everything he's
0: got. Scott, we appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.